Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Comedy Arcade, part friendly panel show, part vicious competition, where contestants fight with their best anecdotes on mystery topics generated through a trusty bingo ball. I'm Vince Layton, host of the show, Spirit of the Bingo Balls, and Games Master. Points will be awarded for originality, amusement value, and my general caprice and mood on the day. The contestant with the most points at the end of the game wins, but their opponents will be granted a few cheat codes along the way, just to keep it interesting. Welcome to the Comedy Arcade. Um, we have, in a... Well, I was going to say in a series first, in a series second, technically, but last time we had a full quota of guests and then Rich Wilson could not connect, so we lost him two minutes in. We have only two guests today. Absolutely no pressure on these guests, but I feel like they are going to absolutely deliver, so I am not worried at all. It is a dead head-to-head between our first guest, who is a previous player and has been a beloved fan favourite ever since, author, comedian, journalist, curator of content, Mark Burrows. How are you? Hi. You see, you see, you say you're not worried, but there is a glint on in your eye that suggests that maybe you might be. <laughs> um, without further ado, that lovely, beautiful musical giggle you can hear is the delightful podcaster queen, Amy Portman. How are you? Hi. I'm good, thank you. I'm very excited. I feel like there are other titles available for you as well, but the only I know you because I've been on your podcast. So, yes. what what else should we know about you at the top? Uh, what else to know about me? I don't really do much else to be honest. I'm a mother. I'm and I now have a dog who's sleeping on the settee. Um, so for I'm, the listener, that is adorable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really sorry if she barks. This is I got her on last Sunday, and it's all um, been a bit of a whirlwind. You've added to um, your family. That's I so have, good. yes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I was just going to say, I don't really know what else to say about myself. I, what, what I'm going to say to you is I think I'm perimenopausal, so my brain isn't working properly. So when you asked me to do this podcast, I was going to say, well, <laughs> maybe not. Like if I can remember anything, but I just thought, oh, fuck it. I'm sure I'll remember something. <laughs> It's okay. We'll you're, see. you're working with two people who are in comedy, so if in doubt, just make something up. Mm. Perfect. We absolutely will not call you out on it. That is... There is no requirement in the in the industry of entertaining people to tell the truth. No. <laughs> None whatsoever. Give it a spin. Make it funnier. Make it, like uh, entertaining is always better than true, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. 
technically, you what, yeah, you've shown us a dog, but for the listener, it could well, be a lion, yeah. to be honest. You've already undersold. Yeah, I've got a lion. A lion on the sofa. So if you hear a roaring in the background. I'll tell you what is true, though, and that is that I feel massively outclassed by Amy's house. Obviously, no one listening can see the videos, but um, <laughs> you live in a real grown-up's house. Like, that is a real grown-up's front room. When you when you did the little twizzle so we could see the dog, that is a lovely, lovely house. Thank um, you. It's tiny. I'll show you again. This is like, this is it. <laughs> it is lovely for the listener. It, it is nice. Properly grown up. I can't Whereas, you know, I, I look like I'm living in some sort of bachelor chow dream. Like I basically <laughs> in the room I, I wanted when I was 14 and still apparently have. Although actually, because Vix is in the kitchen, I'm in a kind of like study area with bookcases and you're in a living room. We could almost pretend that we're all in the same house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And your um, room looks like the most exciting because you've got loads of music. Yeah, there's a, there are and at least two guitars there. There are uh, <laughs> more. There are three, but there are three bass, three ba- no, two basses, one double bass, uh, a ukulele, and a keyboard in here. Wow, we could start a band if we were in fact we in the same house, but sadly we're not. It went a bit meta earlier because Jordan Gray was in the house when I started recording, and it was very confusing for the people on the Zoom. <laughs> Are you in her house or is she in your house? I prefer to retain the mystery. So uh, this is how rumours start. But anyway, right. Um, Mark, you know the rules because you've played before. Amy, you have a podcast, so I trust you read the materials that are sent to you because that is an expectation of your guests. Brilliant. Yeah, not always true. So um, (laughs) this is an exciting and quick off the mark start. Let's get the ball rolling. All right, we have a new category, and it is the most ridiculous thing that you believe to be true. <laughs> Attila the Hun was only a metre tall. What? Attila the Hun was only a metre tall. <laughs> like, years and years and years ago, I got a book of facts, Spike Milligan's book of facts, right, when I was a kid, <laughs> and it had loads and loads of facts in it with little jokes by Spike Milligan. It was one of my favourite things ever, Um uh things like the human brain is however many percent water and the little comment that said does that mean that when your nose runs your brains are leaking out when you're eight that is just a brilliant <laughs> joke um and one of the facts in it was that attila the attila the hun was only a meat at all now i've researched this and it is completely inconclusive but it's not out of the question and i have chosen to believe it's true <laughs> good for you See, so you don't believe that to be ridiculous. People did used to be smaller, though, didn't they? Because when you go to historical villages, we've got one in um, Cardiff called St. Fagans, and we went there on every shit school trip since records began. <laughs> and you can't get through the doors. They're, they're too small. So really? I think people, people were, smaller. were smaller. Yeah, They were, yeah. yeah. Not that small, though. I mean, yeah, yeah if, you, if you go and look at, like, mummies and stuff in museums, they're tiny. They're very small. Yeah, Tutankhamun um, is like really. It's like yeah. tiny, tiny little children. Um, but uh, oh yeah, I, I I think I'm just obsessed with the idea of small things. Like they used to be pygmy elephants. I love they used to be pygmy elephants. They Ooh. used to be tiny elephants that only existed in certain places. And what I love most about the idea that they used to be tiny elephants is that implies, nay, that guarantees that at some point there was also tiny baby elephants, Ooh. which. Meant you you would have got tiny tiny elephants that were like the size of puppies, and oh. the fact that that was once a thing that was real in the world just just like warms me from inside and keeps me going. Oh, that is a really oh. 
that's a beautiful thought but we would immediately make them pets and ruin it for ourselves so it's probably for the best that they don't exist i'm pretty sure the current um, world i'm pretty sure the reason they micro pigs all over again where people accidentally buy massive (laughs) elephants like baby (laughs) elephants like why is why is this burst the roof off my house i'm fairly sure we hunted them to extinction as well so that's probably the reason so it's on us then it's on us but literally us i don't mean us as in the human race literally it's on us yeah. me and you yeah. <laughs> and amy we're out marauding around <laughs> capturing baby elephants no we're not that is not true if that if you believe that that can be the weird thing that you believed to be true listeners um my friend was told by a mum that the moon wasn't real that's what um sponsored this <gasps> category seriously and she properly believed it until like a much too late an age, frankly. What did you so, think it was? I don't know. Apparently, I just got sick of taking questions from her one day about the moon and just to close the conversation down said, the moon is not real. It's not a real thing. Oh my God. <laughs> Why would you doubt your parent? You just yeah. kind of believe it. I thought my mum knew everything about everything. The older I get, the less true that yeah. <laughs> I quite like the idea that, that might just start as a conspiracy theory, though, that the moon isn't real. Because, like, you know, flat Earth, that's a thing. People think the Earth yeah. is flat. There are people, there, there is a, well, the jury is out about whether this is a hoax or whether it's something that people generally believe. But there is a movement in America that think that birds aren't real. Um, <laughs> birds how do they are, account? How do they what do they think they are? Robot government spies. Like, search the hashtag, birds aren't real. I Why do they fly into the window? And they've die. malfunctioned clearly i mean i'm not one of these people by the way i'm just <laughs> now, i'm fairly sure that the guy who started birds aren't real uh did it as a kind of an art situationist prank but um and he got, drives around like giving speeches and holding rallies and stuff um but he attracts people that come along with him some of which i think are in on the joke that i'm pretty sure is a joke but I'm not 100 sure is a joke but some of which genuinely don't think it's a joke so there wow. are really people who think that birds aren't real and that's amazing and also how do you know they're not true how do you know you don't know you don't know that birds yeah. aren't birds are real you've only got the birds you only got Chris Packham's word for it. Yeah. My right. cat yeah. caught a couple of baby birds the other day in the garden. And I knew that he had something. So I went out to see what he had. And there was a little, it was a tiny, tiny baby bird. And to be honest, oh. it did look like a robot. It didn't look real. Amy! <laughs> well, I did. No! <laughs> my cat ate it. And I don't think he would have ate it if it had been a robot. And now your it cat was very is a government strange. spy. Well... <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> that particular microphone is just very muffled, like you. <laughs> it's, it's like the old woman that swallowed a fly rhyme. It's just like, how many layers of can we? <laughs> I don't know why. Perhaps she was avoiding government surveillance. Yeah, exactly. She was Perhaps doing she her was bit. Just protecting her constitutional right to privacy. Did she die at the end? Was that a sad nursery rhyme? Was that yeah, one of those does. sinister she, ones? Yeah. It ends with, she's dead, of course. Oh, that, yeah, because she swallowed a horse. A horse. Yeah. Yeah. No one could possibly do that. She's not a anaconda. Like that was not gonna. <laughs> but yeah, there's quite a lot of harrowing stuff in childhood, wasn't there? I feel like things are things getting a bit more sanitized now. Amy, you're a mum. Is it as dark and harrowing as when the horse disappeared into the quicksand at Neverington Story, for example? Like because I'm still not over that. No, um, I, I think I, children these days are exposed to a lot more stuff. So I think they have to maybe grow up quicker. I don't know. I'm very honest with my children. Like I will just tell them the truth. 
So you're because, not lying to them about no, something I'm not lying you're to them. talk about in a podcast in 20 years' time then. No. You've never, <laughs> never told them the moon isn't That's real. Like, the exact reason. So they can't answer this question, basically, when you have them on in 20 years. Um, well, yeah, because I, when I saw this question, I was a bit like, what have I thought was true that isn't? And the only thing I could think of that my mum lied to me about was chewing gum. That If you swallowed chewing gum, it'd stick to your insides and you'd die. Yeah, a classic <laughs> take a break story. That is yeah. like my daughter chewed her hair. It's ended up in oh. her intestine. She died of harrowing death. Oh, I used to believe all of those take a break stories. Yeah, like I slept with a ghost and now I'm pregnant. Like they like hook it, hook it to my veins. <laughs> Women's magazines are the best and worst thing in the whole world. It's like the hacks, yep. the little life tips that they put in the end. And it's the same thing, Mark. It's like are they legitimately doing this or is this trolling where they're like use a pita bread as a handbag if you're in a jam (laughs) or stick sanitary towels to your hips to make your outfits fit better like rudimentary drag padding (laughs) i mean you can't fault that actually no sanitary towels do make pads do make rudimentary hip pads you'd they, have like, to do quite they have, have to, to be like they'd have to be chunky sanitary pads like, yeah. like use a lot. School. i guess you'd use a lot of them or buy something yeah. more appropriate like tights yeah. or, foam or yeah it's <laughs> i genuinely don't know if it's deadpan or if people actually think these are good ideas that's the beauty of it my absolute favorite one and this was discovered by a friend of mine who used to be a comic i'm not sure if she is anymore sarah pierce um who uh, co-runs um uh that comedy club the uh, bill murray um she used to uh, be obsessed with chat it's fate magazine which is the supernatural version of chat magazine uh it's incredible it has a uh and she used to read about on stage so i can i can and i've seen her do it so much i can even do it in a tone of voice up but i won't but but she used well, to read do, out... you, do you want the points or not <laughs> um but she used to read out the um she used to read out the wasn't a problem page it was a psychic regression page where she'd write into jenny smedley who is people ah! would write into jenny smedley who was um chat its fates uh resident like like um deep hypnosis regression person about their problems and she would tell them what in their past life had infect had uh, was affecting their current present life problems it's amazing it's genuinely amazing definitely a real person this smedley woman <laughs> absolutely not made up people that do that for a job sleep at night do you know what I mean like obviously they must find it very entertaining but they must know that somewhere people really believe that yeah because it's like tube like the rush hour crushes in the metro apparently I know someone who used to write those so some of them aren't real I was really heartbroken by that because I used to really buy into all the little stories of all the, like you in the red scarf me in the green blazer Costa Whitechapel like I, I I was so sad about that that's yeah that's the sad thing that I believed for a while and I wish that the belief wasn't taken from me it was stolen oh, so from they me were, they were made up a lot of them are made up apparently because people bizarrely so do mean. not write yeah. in which... loads of stuff like that is made up loads yeah. of like, the, like like horoscopes like, horoscopes <laughs> well, obviously horoscopes, horoscopes. The, the, the cover i mean i don't believe in horoscopes but apparently that is a very tourist thing to believe <laughs> now 
Um, but all of those like women's magazines, they all have that. Like they they actually do. Like you could the none of the stories are real. None of the people in the stories are real. Like they go to modeling agencies for people with interesting faces, and then they just or they just will believe anything you come to them with. Like you, you want 250 quid, then go tell them that your Eastern European boyfriend um was eaten by a snake one day um because they let it out of his cage and it decided it was going to lay next to him and measure him and they didn't heed the warning and the next day the snake had a comedy <laughs> eastern european boyfriend sized bulge in the middle and they'll that, believe it that is yeah, oh that God. is an urban legend i've googled that extensively when it's like oh my snake's so sad but it sleeps in the bed with me is it sizing me up like snake truth has come out to bat for the snakes if you tweet about that like <laughs> Like the eight men daft section as well, fifty pound to um, call out the fact that your partner is a dick. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> he I'm went for aware. milk. He went for milk. It's been two weeks. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. What's he like? Fifty pounds. Like... <laughs> oh dear. Oh my god. Yeah, horrendous. But uh, yeah, so you've never been mugged off by anything at all, Amy, to your knowledge. I believe everything everyone tells me, but that's because I like to believe people, but I have got a bit of savvy about me. But my best friend, Nicole, met the father of her children who told her that he was a chef for the SAS. And she probably believed him. And we were like, are you sure? I mean, she was only like 24. Um, But no, she probably believed him and he had her on for about a month. That's quite a weird lie to tell, like quite a specific lie to tell. Like, oh, I'm a chef, but you'll never be able to taste my food because it's classified. Like, what? I was like, is he allowed to tell you he's in the SAS? (laughs) She's like, yeah. Are the chefs in the SAS in the SAS? Well, (laughs) yeah. Do you have to be? Are they all combat trained? (laughs) Presumably, I mean, presumably, the joke of it is, he couldn't cook. (laughs) so he wasn't even not only is he the worst person in the world and i know that for a fact he couldn't even fucking cook what was what was the reason for the lie did he not have a job no he's an electrician (laughs) he's the worst person in the world (laughs) (laughs) it's a (laughs) full-time occupation I don't know. Why do people lie? It's, I suppose it's you feel like you need to to impress. I don't know. Maybe he just thought it was funny. Maybe he didn't think that she'd believe him. <laughs> or he wanted to see how stupid she was to see what his chances were. Oh, yeah. It, you meant it as a joke, but the long con has sort of backfired extensively on you. Oh, yes. <laughs> like you, when you've told too many people and you just have to maintain it until you can quietly split up with someone. That's. I don't think I've ever got caught out in quite that bad a lie. I know a lot of people who pretend to be vegans and vegetarians, though. Why? Well, to go out with vegans and vegetarians, I guess. It makes oh you look virtuous. God. It makes you... you look virtuous. It's like Hitler wasn't a vegetarian. There's a long-standing rumor <gasps> that Hitler was a vegetarian. Was Are you put... telling us another naive thing that we all yeah, believe? It was Nazi propaganda. Hitler wasn't a vegetarian, but he just wanted to portray himself as a vegetarian in order so so that people would think he was virtuous and that he was like better than people. You know, he was a better, more virtuous person. Like uh, so, pretending to be vegan or vegetarian is just you going, oh, "I care about the planet, man." Yeah, like no, I'm, I don't know, like. Nothing with a 
face is consumed in this body. My body is a temple, the earth is a cathedral, and I do not mess with the flesh of the earth. Now I am a vegan, but that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, I was really I was really on the fence about him until I found out he was vegan. And I was like, okay, you are better than us. Yeah. Up until that point, I was like, mm. how long are you going to sustain that for? Because if you do actually get into a proper relationship with someone you're either going to have to carry on with it aren't you or like sneakily have a bit of well yeah and then you're steak or whatever yeah then you're in the pub and they're like ordering ribs in front of you yeah. like, aren't you <laughs> or like sneakily eating a scotch egg like an apple in an alleyway like what's it's got to end it's, surely and starting a relationship the relationship on a must end oh, yeah <laughs> yes because it's not it's not I guess it's not an important one unless it's you that's like I just is baffling like genuinely easily four or five friends that have done this where they've what, just they've kind of lied. gone along with it at the start and um then ended up I guess a few of them have accidentally been converted just because it was an easier life but uh wow <laughs> it's the wrong foot to start on I think definitely <laughs> definitely yeah well what an interesting ca- category that was we've learned so much and it's been like 25 minutes. Uh, brilliant. One category, 25 minutes. Will we see two? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is my new bingo ball. Anyway, it's bougie. Look, huh? I love it. It is bougie. It's bougie. Rich Wilson bought it for me because he was sick of me complaining oh. about the old one that was losing piece after piece after piece of it. I was sellotaping it closed and it was still bursting balls all over the place. So... Um, <laughs> In the end, he gave in and bought me a new one, which I, do you know what? I didn't plan that, but I sort of subconsciously knew that that would happen. Manifesting. <laughs> I didn't know Rich would do it, but I thought someone <laughs> is going to solve this problem for me if I leave it long enough. Um, Manifesting or manipulating, you decide. <laughs> Sometimes I'm both being. things can be true at the same time. <laughs> right, next poll. Um, oh, God. Um, family rituals. Have you got any weird ones? Or have you got any family rituals that we will find to be weird? Because, for example, Rob Kemp's family have a gravy spoon. They each get dealt a gravy spoon as part of their cutlery for a Sunday dinner, like one each. And he did not understand that that was a really weird thing. That's not normal. Yeah, he was in his house, your Sunday rice, knife, fork, gravy spoon. To eat your gravy? Yeah. How much gravy are they having? A lot of gravy. It's It felt very northern. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go so it's sleeping like... around their house. I mean, yeah. I mean, you always want more gravy. Yeah. Always want more gravy. It's all literally gravy. I will happily have loads of gravy. <laughs> my, we didn't really have any rituals, but my pa- like my parents did have their own sort of language a lot. Like every time, like almost every day, one would when the other one was asking the other one if they wanted coffee, they would go, "You for coffee? You for Aww. coffee?" Uh, <laughs> which um, <laughs> gradually becomes funnier as you go along, and little little <laughs> phrases that just uh, what at one point somewhere i think we're in alton towels or something and my dad just came out with with um uh with a cup of tea a buttered scone a sticky bun perchance and it just became like a catchphrase in our house for the rest of all time. every time anybody wanted to offer somebody some food the other one would reply a cup of tea a, a, a buttered scone a sticky bun perchance and i don't know where that came from i don't know I, I can't i can't explain to you why it's funny it was always funny but i cannot tell you why 
This is the kind of stuff that I love to hear about, though, because it's just it becomes part of the sort of fabric of your existence. But you don't necessarily know that outside your house, everyone could have this going on or nobody at all. (laughs) My dad's always been one for party games as well. One of his favourite ones, um, which he was really good. But Yards of Ale, he's amazing at Yard of Ale. But one of his amazing, one of his best ones that he used to do is that um, you, you... I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you get a roll of you get a roll of toilet paper and a pint of lager. You tuck one end of the toilet paper in your bum crack. And then <laughs> you unroll it to the end of the garden and then you set fire to the other end. Oh my God. And you are not allowed. <laughs> you are not allowed to whip out the bit of paper until you've downed the pint. That was one of my dad's party tricks. How quickly did it burn? Like, did it, did it, did the ploy uh, matter? I've got it, questions. A whole roll. <laughs> well, like this, a mean, this roll. This, no, no, you just. Because I could do it in a full roll. No, yeah, not a full like, roll. You just unroll it. You didn't roll it to the end of the garden. Oh, okay. Um, okay. The weird it's, it's more, snake situation. <laughs> more, it's usually like a barbecue <laughs> trick, this one. Um, but yeah, and actually, though, it works out relatively well. The the, the, the fire travelled up at ref, uh, just the point where it was close, but not impossible. Oh Apart God. from one time where his mate Gary decided to put lighter fluid on it just to spice things up a little bit. And um, the smell of burnt bumhole hair pervaded the garden. <laughs> See, no oh one's no. God. I haven't got any family rituals, says Mark. Has anyone heard of this completely ludicrous game that has <laughs> never been done before and should never be done? It's not like, ow. I'm not sure if that's a ritual or just a pastime well, or yeah. a hobby. Well, that's the beauty of these categories. They're deliberately vague. They can yeah. be whatever <laughs> you need them to be. They're like horoscopes, basically. You can go complete, <laughs> go full politician, A, B, it. That's a great question, Vix. What we should really be talking about is something completely different. Like. And then just repeat your answer five times using exactly the same words. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've got one that isn't funny that I tweeted about earlier on, but was just really sweet. Where uh, my mum used to do it. We used to do the big shop in Asda every Saturday. And, and the t- two things always happened in the big shop is one, mum would always buy the cheap ham ends. You know Ooh, the cheap bits, the, chunk, the chunky, chunky ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then we'd have a and then and some crusty bread, and we'd have a, a sandwich for lunch that was like ham ends, cream cheese, and ch- chopped up cherry tomatoes, and it was always like the best. Like I've been chasing that high for thirty years now. Right. But the weird one is, and I I really want to know if no one else's family does anyone else's family does this. Is we were allowed when shopping to have a packet of crisps each as we to walked go around with yeah yeah then... that we'd, t- we'd pick up and we'd open and eat the crisps and then we'd pay at the checkout for the empty packet right was that yeah. just our family or is that a thing no i don't think it's technically allowed but it was back when parents just thought they could do whatever the fuck they wanted to be fair my <laughs> nana not my real nana like an older woman my mum knew who sort of took her under a wing so um yeah nana lc over the road didn't think crisps were good for me. So I was when I was about three or four, would get me a polony slicing sausage instead to eat going round. And I don't think that was much better nutritionally. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back now, they're eating it like a bar of chocolate, a polony, a full polony sausage. Well, <laughs> oh I guess my it's more goodness. I guess it's more keto. Do they still exist? Yeah. I'm not sure what a polony sausage is. I don't know what it's made of. Nothing good. Is it like a salami, like a pepperami? That kind it's, of thing? No, it's it's not. It's not so exotic. Um, just like a proper. It wasn't quite pate, but it wasn't ham. <laughs> and it comes in those little sausages, like you get the fancy the um, the fancy cheese in. You know, you get the little cheese sausages yeah. on Christmas. But yeah, no, no relation. Not from the same family. More of the Billy Beer family than the 
Right. Not quite, family. not quite pate and not quite ham <laughs> is uh, also how I've been describing myself on my Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you're getting shed loads of swipes for that. But do not unwrap you for a child. That is good advice. <laughs> it's, yeah. ex- it's exceptionally good advice. And I'm surprised it needs to be said. I, I did well... put, also put that on my Tinder profile, but um, it wasn't until I removed it that I started getting any response. <laughs> A barman started listening in on a conversation I was having last night and it it was ended with like, consent is really important. It doesn't matter. And he was like, oh, I love these weird conversations where you just get to the end and you don't know the context. I was like, no, there's no context. Consent is very important. I was like, like, why do you need context? If you already know that, do me a favor. Please tell all of your friends. (laughs) Yeah. And he's a barman. He really wished he didn't pull that thread for me yeah it's a useful person to set to spread that message if like, he, if yeah, he, please tell everyone put, you know if he put that on a fortune cookie and gave it out to every single person he served a pint to and just every single person in a pub like oh fortune cookie oh it says consent is really important i'll take that on board like you could change the world because that's how it works yeah. one day it's we should definitely yeah i don't trust just get that message out uh, i don't trust things when they're told to me by the mainstream media but if they're in a fortune cookie (laughs) i will take it on board i've kind of forgotten what the category was to be honest family rituals i I thought about this and that doesn't take very long but all my family (laughs) do is drink Amazing. We've never had any rituals other than the fact that my family really drink a lot. And I actually stopped drinking. It would be nearly three years ago. Oh, well And it's all. been so hard for them to get their head around it because I didn't have to stop drinking. It was a choice that I made for many reasons. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're just really big on the alcohol, really big on the alcohol. Because you do have that thing when you stop drinking tonight. Because I, I, you know, I, 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 I drink, but there have been times where, where I've not drank. My, my, me, the guitarist in my band, Andrew, once decided to not drink for for a whole tour, just as a like personal discipline thing. And there is a weird thing when people do drink, and you tell them you're not drinking for whatever reason. Where they look at you, and all you, you can just see the only thing they've got going on in their head, the only message coming out from behind their eyes, is why. Yeah. Well, it's because it casts a light on you then. You're like, oh, no, I don't want to be vulnerable with, drunkenly vulnerable with a sober yeah. person. Like, <laughs> we've got to we've got to approach this on an even keel. That's the thing when, like, my friends will come out and we'll go to the pub and like, I'm not really drinking tonight. And I'm like, oh, well, then I can't because I will become wildly <laughs> indiscreet and you will remember it all. And that is unacceptable to me, I'm afraid. That is you're, un- you're relatively indiscreet when sober. Exactly. Like- <laughs> Imagine how much worse it would be if I was just like, eh. I don't remember anything at all. So you'll be fine going out with me. <laughs> I don't ever remember anyway. Yeah, that, that's fine. Yeah, you're poor exempt Andrew. from this. Yeah. Poor, <laughs> poor Andrew, when we were touring. What a tour. <laughs> we, played New York, we played New York City, right? We played actual New York City. It was really good. We played the Bowery Electric. It was a really cool gig. And we were like, oh, we played New York City. It's so exciting. And we went for cocktails afterwards and we were drinking. And Andrew snuck off to the toilet to read his book. Wow, that's how gr- that's how gripping the yeah that's how gripping the company was. That, well, when you were yeah when, yeah well I think well we'd been going for quite some time like we'd started drinking before we went on stage. Then you've got the adrenaline high and we just continued to drink. Now it's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right. You're in a toilet cubicle in New York, wondering how your life choices led you to where you. Why are. didn't he just go home? 
Well, we're all staying in the same place. So, um, and the person we're staying and with is New York. I would be so grumpy yeah. if I was like sat in my hotel while everybody was having a good time. I would rather be the spectre at the feast, I think, in that scenario. I, I'd rather be at home than sat in a toilet reading a book. Depends on the book. Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> a couple of days earlier, we played Pittsburgh and we'd gone back to a friend's house. Our friends own this incredible like roadside attraction called Trundle Manor in Pittsburgh, where they basically turned their house into a kind of rockabilly Adams family house. Oh it's like taxidermy, uh, like taxidermy and gross stuff and things in jars. And there's walls swing apart and and like it, it's revolting and awesome. And we went back there and got and, uh, and just like proceeded to get completely trashed like completely trashed it was the most drunk we got on the tour our singer andy was wearing a silver helmet going around wearing a pointy bra going i'm madonna what's me vogue i don't know why but it was very funny at the time um, and again poor andrew stone cold sober went to bed <laughs> woken up continually <laughs> bless them and then the next and then the next morning, I had to deal with everyone's hangovers while going, morning, hello. Yeah. Let's do fun stuff together sober now. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. we're dry- so we're getting on the yes. road. Okay, New Jersey, let's go. And we're just oh. like, oh, no, 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 coffee. Oh, yeah, see, well. I stopped drinking in a time of my life where I can get away with it because I don't really go out that much anymore. But had it have been 20 years earlier, it would have been a completely different well, then you would have been game. too young to drink, Amy, because you look about 25, <laughs> so I'm not having that. That is so true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I genuinely, I tried to stop drinking, and I'm so prolifically known for drinking a few years ago that my efforts ended on a really well-intentioned night where I was having a really good time. Everybody else was drunk, but I was living, you know, I was living my best life. I was enjoying the chats, enjoying everybody else unraveling around me in good spirits. And um, the only explanation that they could have for me not drinking was I must be pregnant. So to prove them wrong, I initially tried to lead with, no, my doctor basically told me if I continue at this rate, I will die. But they were still sort of whispering at me and like moving soft cheese away. So I just had to go <laughs> like really, I just had to go really hard on spirits. I was like, fine then, I want to kill this dead. <laughs> Not having this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the cheese was the last straw as well. Yeah. Last cheese straw. It was, it was not acceptable to me. Right, okay, <laughs> onwards. I do quite enjoy doing the ball. It is I'm good quite jealous. Me. Mainly for me. It's not for <laughs> <else>. <laughs> Right, let's have a look. A time in your life when you fumbled the ball, like a moment in your life where you did not make the right decision. Keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna have I to say, revise my answer i say that because mark is uh is going through a divorce at the moment <laughs> and oh, i will I'm say sorry. i will say that your um your stories so far of this breakup have been darkly hilarious but uh <laughs> i mean speaking of fumbling the ball i've made some pretty poor decisions since that happened <laughs> well this is what i'm hoping for i want your life moments where you you know, could it, things could have been different. I'm going to give this one some thought. Okay. I'm going to ha- I'm going to punt this one over to Amy while I try, while, while I think of a good example that is less incriminating. Yeah. Um. I um was at the final stage for an internship at BMG, the record label, when I was oh, 19, yeah. and the 
thing they gave me to do, it was a task that was all about writing about Avril Lavigne and how she was bringing female-fronted rock to the foreground. And I love Avril Lavigne, but she is almost pure pop. And I was so stressed and so nervous about this interview that I shouted at the interviewer about it (laughs) and argued that it was a silly task because (laughs) as somebody who spent time in rock clubs and spent time in pop clubs, these two things do not, they do not mesh together. I told her in a tone of voice I don't often use. (laughs) And so I kind of conscientiously objected to the task. I was like, basically, I was like, well, I'm prepared to do it, but I fundamentally oppose this. And uh, you got the job, yeah? No, my dad drove like four hours to London from Cardiff. And I think I was in there for 20 minutes. And he got in the car. He's like, how do you think that went? I was like, I think, well, uh, basically, (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm prepared to do the task, but basically it's bollocks. And she was like, okay, then, well, that's Uh fine. This has been great. (laughs) Safe journey home. I was like, no, 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 I will. (laughs) So that was was my... Big swing yeah. and it could have worked. I know. Imagine yeah. the life I could have led if I'd ended up. Well, to be honest, I know the life I could have led because somebody I ended up working for in the civil service at the Centre of Information, where my job was to work for the health and safety executive and write press releases when fairground rides fell over or <laughs> people's hands got caught in machinery. Oh and, my uh, God. She had done the BMG internship and she was working alongside me, which was very comforting. I will say it was quite yeah. comforting moment I was like in my mind I'd imagined this glittering music career but then Lynette had got the job and we were together in Cardiff writing about (laughs) unfortunate accidents in factories so it was so this has made me remember (laughs) one so I used to work for some DJs and I got made redundant And my friend set me up with a job interview and it was to be a PA for a celebrity, but they couldn't tell you which celebrity it was. So I went and had this interview and I think it was, if I remember rightly, it was more to be like a personal PA rather than like a business PA. And everything was going really well. And then she said, is there anyone, um, any like celebrities that you wouldn't like to work for? And I was like, "Mm, I really don't like Noel Gallagher. And then went on this because I was a massive Blur fan. And not that I couldn't like Blur and Oasis, but I just, I've, for me, Oasis are the most overrated. I've got one of their albums. Sorry if I'm offending either of you. No, I'm but totally I was just true. like, I've I literally got it. a Blur tattoo. I like, I, 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 it's fine. <laughs> I took my mum to see, my mum loves Blur. That's one of our family rituals, actually, is playing Park Life at Christmas because my mum fucking loves it. Um, is there a particular point at Christmas, like before the, like, after she's had enough like oh I see usually um but yeah so we I just I uh, I can't remember if she asked me why but I think I went into a bit of a I just thought he was quite rude and I don't know anyway the job was for Noel Gallagher (laughs) I obviously I didn't get the job and I found out because my friend had got me the interview and she's like you're never gonna believe who the job was for it and uh, yeah so I was like what are your fucking chances but then I think it could have gone either way, to be honest. I don't think you need to be a fan of his music to be a PA. And I think if anything, if you're a fan, that might be quite annoying to somebody Mm. if you need them to be. Yeah. But then to say that you particularly didn't like them probably wasn't. But then I thought if I hadn't have said that and I had got the job, would I, would that have ended well? Because obviously I would have taken it because even though I didn't like him, it was, you know. (laughs) But yeah. 
you get some stories out of that. I rode less. I, I got a story. I rode less travelled. <laughs> so I had. Uh, so I, I. I don't know if you know this about me, but I used to work in the music industry as well. So um, oh. I. Uh, I was. In me- I worked for social media music PR for eight for years. Um, I used to run Shakira's Bebo account. I was officially wow. Shakira on Bebo. Uh, <laughs> you were I, Shakira. How did you get I, in the mood for that? How did you get in the zone before work? Uh, I, I very I concentrated on my hips telling the truth. Um, <laughs> I strapped my uh, I, I strapped down my old man boobs so that they won't uh, so that they'd be small and humble and not mistaken for mountains. <laughs> Put some sanitary um, towels on your hips. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I worked on my ah woo, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> there were loads of weird things but I, I remember once i was working on lee from blue um uh, lee from blue had, was relaunching his solo career um oh. now lee from blue is an idiot just you just... cannot put really? it wrong there because you are like because <laughs> everyone believe it was him like he was oh, well, like I... <laughs> oh god think... were you oh i i'm scared to know well, that, well there was there was the point where we had to uh where i got a phone literally a phone call from his manager at 10 o'clock at night saying mark i need you to change lee's twitter password i need you to do it now and you are under no circumstances allowed to give lee a new password that was because of what holy moly called the next day lee from blue's twitter meltdown uh which was genuinely <laughs> funny um he, what was he, he melting down over <laughs> oh, he was calling people pigs. Uh, he was, <laughs> because people were just, somebody would insult him on Twitter and he's not bright enough to go, to just go, that's all right. Uh, no, he, he always took the bait. He always took the bait. It was ridiculous. Because um, it was him, wasn't it, that decided that to use the opportunity to comment on the atrocities of 9-11 <laughs> to highlight the plight of Quite the elephant? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is terrible, but what we're not talking about, yeah. elephants. Yeah. If you the, the the clip for that is amazing. Just keep an eye on Duncan James's face. <laughs> and that happens. And you hear him going, you can just see him going, okay, Lee. All right, Lee. All right, Shubley. It was genuine. I like the, the I mean, I felt sorry for him. He was like he'd been famous since he was 16 years old. No one had ever taught him how to be a grown-up. Like he'd spent the, the bits where we learned how to be vaguely grown-ups, he was standing up off a stool on cue. Like he used to come into the office and not have enough money to get the train home and have to borrow money because it never occurred to him to book his train ticket in advance. But the, the one that was the, the the time I dropped the ball and actually nearly got me fired was uh i was sat in a meeting with um it's like because in the music industry you have all these meetings i have a meeting where, where you're working on an artist and like so around the table once a month or something you'll have like the the manager the tour manager the tour booker the pr the label person um the person who's doing the social media and they'd all be together discussing how it's going um and leah just released this single called secret love except it never got released they they put it out as, a, as like a you know a teaser kind of did some radio and it was appalling. It was terrible. Absolutely awful. It was like this light dance kind of no one. No one wanted that from Lee Ryan. And it was dreadful. Um, there is a Brian McFadden song that he had to withdraw of a similar caliber. But it is incredible because it is full of like Euro pop horns. But ultimately, the lyric is really, really sex pesty. Because apparently... <laughs> And his fiofra, it was like, I've written it about my, like his partner at the time, Delta Goodrum. And it was all about how he prefers her drunk and like messy and fucked up. And it just, 
it's the creepiest song in the world and it's you can't find it anywhere but it existed for a while and it was a proper guilty pleasure of mine because it was so much fun and so awful and uh, yeah you must find it so it's there with secret love it's out there somewhere (laughs) what i learned right is when um you ask people when they come around the table and they're asking you i was on a bit of a high because we were working on on the wanted the boy band and we it was basically the same group of people we just had the meeting about them and that was going very well right um so we got to lee and i and they would have been, been very complimentary about my about how i'd been in the meeting like they told me i've been doing really good work so i was on a high uh and then they asked me what fans were thinking about secret love and i said well basically the fact the fans think it's shit and it turns out that that is not the language it's appropriate to use at a major <laughs> record label meeting <laughs> i was- mean if They're it's like, true, it's true. Well, no, I mean, the thing is, they did. The fans, the fans thought it was shit. No one liked it. It was getting dreadful responses. But um, oh god, the 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 pin that you could hear drop, the intake of breath. That's that like a I'm moment like... where you realise that Lee was just in the cupboard all the time, wanting to oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crying. Just what crying. Did, what did you say about me? <laughs> it was oh god, it was like yeah. Uh, but I, what I just, did they I... want you to say? Well, I think I could have termed, termed it as fans are not responding very well to okay. this song. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, just just a little bit more, just a yeah. teeny, teeny, tiny bit more like like democracy, yeah. not democracy, what's the word? Diplomacy. The response is being mixed. Mm, the response is yeah. being mixed, exactly. Some people That's... haven't heard it, some people hate it. The, the other time I professionally <laughs> dropped the ball was, <laughs> the other time I professionally dropped the ball is um, I was the editor of my student magazine. Uh, at, at university, Loughborough Student Union magazine, label magazine. You had to be elected to do it. Uh, it was um, it was a full time job for a year. You did it either as a year out or after university. Like it was an f- amazing, like first time full time job. And I was really really proud of my first issue of the year. Like my um, and I had like all this cool stuff in about stuff you could do in town and uh, all this great great stuff. That if you were a student coming for the first time to Loughborough, you'd know exactly what to do and who to see. And and, and to cap it off and to fill a quarter of a page because an advert had dropped out i put in this tick list of things you should do whilst being a student important things to do and they included things like um things like being sick in a bush uh collecting collection lots of different bottles um stealing garden gnomes or traffic cones uh or um and there was loads of stuff now what i learned later and what was explained to me at length by uh the local police sergeant is that it is extremely (laughs) against the law to tell people to steal things in the press like extremely against the law it's it's not a real suggestion though yeah but i did tell them to to fill it to fill out the tick form uh, send it into the magazine office and offered a prize for the person who did it first oh they had they had you banged to write yeah Um, and uh, there were there were several pieces in the local paper about it like there is a picture for you in the leicester it made it to the leicester mercury it wasn't just on a local level it (laughs) made it to a county level um there was a picture of the loughborough echo that i framed and put up in the office of the student magazine a very very serious looking local resident with a copy of my magazine just looking very like um and yeah, face. so what it turns out what was explained to me by the um the police sergeant when she came to find out what i was what i what i was doing is why that, why have you recommended this crime spree is that yeah um is that um that uh prompting committing the committing of theft and other crimes in the press carries a prison sentence fuck actually Ew. 
So, um, and I was let off for the warning. <laughs> As How the are edit- you supposed to know that, though? Well, exactly. How are you supposed to know that? Although, in when I now thinking about it, it is a stupid thing to do. I, I told them that it was a knowing nod to the student stereotype, that it was uh, not intended to be taken seriously, that uh, no harm was intended, and I was very sorry. I printed a full retraction, um, and it was okay in the end. But um, That's a yeah, good that, story, though. That is, is how I started the first issue of my journalism career. And it's a good story <laughs> of a story. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very, very happy with this new category. <laughs> an absolute delight. And that is the end of the game. Oh, I know. I'm really sorry. It goes sad by about so it. quickly. I know. Not always. <laughs> Said with all the love of someone who's on their fourth run of the day. <laughs> it's that, it's um, speed dating. Time. That's really good going. It's a speed time zone. Sometimes five minutes can feel like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> no shade on the other episode. You can guess which one it was about. Um, but yeah. <laughs> listen to them all. Give me a guess. I tick tick them off on a list. Send them to me. Um, <laughs> um, so while I am talking up the scores, let's find out where we can find you and what you're up to. We'll start with Mark Burrows. What are you doing? So I, uh, you can find me on Twitter at 20th Century Mark, 20th Century M-A-R-C. Um, that's basically where I spend all of my time. Um, uh, that's like I literally just live on Twitter. Uh, what am I doing? Uh, I have got some comedy gigs coming up, which is exciting. Ooh. I'm playing in, and doing a show in Cotter's Batch in Leicestershire, which is good, which I'm really looking, looking forward to later on this month. And uh, I'm working on a book which is coming out in September or October called The London Boys Bowie Bolin and the 60s Teenage Dream about the uh, teenage life of David Bowie and Mark Bolin and that oh, is wow. super exciting. But you also already have books out. And I have two books out as well. Uh, my award-winning biography of Terry Pratchett, <laughs> The Magic of Terry Pratchett, uh, which um, is, uh, I'm, I'm going to my first Discworld convention this year to sell books and I'm very excited <laughs> about that. Um, it's rare I get to be, I, I'll get to know fundamentally that I'm the coolest person in a room, but this will be one of those occasions. <laughs> And um, <laughs> this is getting me cancelled, isn't it? Uh, and also, I'm, I'm, I'm we playing... won't tell them. I don't think we've got a lot of crossover on those fans and my podcast. I'm really also cool. playing the um, the whip, the um, Lincoln Steampunk Festival this year um, with a band I'm going to put together at the last minute <gasps> called Mark oh, wow. Burroughs and the Mudlarks, and it's just going to be like a collection of my my quote unquote greatest hits, uh, and that's going to be fun. So yeah, uh, and also I've got a book out about the Manic Street Creatures, which I really really like. It's very good, having read it, Aww. I can tell you. Um, cool. And Amy, what about you? What are you doing with yourself? Um, well, I'm going to, my most exciting thing is I'm going to Camp Festival and I'm going to be interviewing people at Camp Festival for my <gasps> podcast. Ooh, that's and really, really cool. cool. I love Camp Festival. I, I love Camp Festival. Um, I don't know who I'm going to be interviewing, <laughs> but I'm going to be interviewing someone. But, um, you can... Yeah, TBC. I'll be there regardless. And if in an official capacity or yes. just guerrilla yeah. style, because I well, too could anyway. people at Camp Festival. They can't stop me. I'll buy a ticket. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comedy Arcade at Festival, guys. It's in a field. Find this tent. We played Camp Festival last year. It was the first oh, festival. Did you? That, first festival that we played after lockdown, and it was glorious. Just to be back in a festival, it was so nice and so sunny, and there were so many people dressed up like they're in Cobra Kai. Oh, 
yeah <laughs> it is the best festival festival i oh, think that's anyway. exciting and um, the name of your podcast it's mum and mama pod so like okay. dumb and dumber but mum and mama pod and i'm on all the socials and i've got loads of episodes i've got two years worth of episodes for you to catch up on yeah so if you're not and you're on listening. one soon i am i'm really excited about it I'm very excited about it too. Mark, would you like to come on my podcast? Uh, it's I, not I mean, about mums. Or oh, it's not okay. about mums. I talk I'm to not... everyone about everything. Okay, cool. I, and yes. I, I know I've been busy oh. since we last saw each other, yeah. Mark, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that, that would have been like, that's a, that's quite the turnaround. Yeah. No, it's, it's changed. It started off as like a single parenting podcast, but now it's just turned into me talking to lovely people, really, because I like talking. And there's oh. only so much you can talk about with kids. It gets a bit boring <laughs> yeah. after a while. Well, Maybe I'll start uh, one about dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to Dog think of a pun. Yeah, I, I, that's where I went. And I thought, that's not, I thought, that's not right. Of course you that's thought, Mark. You, <laughs> of course that's that discussion. Of course that's where you went. And the, 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 what that says is that our minds work quite similarly, which we already know. But I'm more shameless than you. Yeah. I'm, I'm a PR person. I There's a filter in there. It doesn't, it's faulty, but it's there. Uh, <laughs> um, Mark, you are the winner of this yes. win, this absolute champion head to head, though. Like, we did not need the third guest. No disrespect to the third guest. I will have them on again, but we didn't need them. We we carried this on our own. So thank you for sharing all of these stories. Fucking Vex. The real, the real winners are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> and the listeners so thank you so much for being part of comedy arcade um you are now free to go thanks for listening to the comedy arcade there'll be a new episode next thursday with new balls and new guests if you liked it like us any way you can and subscribe and tell all your friends also tell us we're in all the usual places on all the social media And if you didn't like it, I've been Sean Walsh and this is What's Upset You Now. The USP is It's Only 15 Minutes. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.